Welcome to the Getting Uncomfortable Podcast, starting a war on comfort zones and the havoc that they wreak. I am Tara Christine, your host. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, listener. I'm Tara Christine, back with episode two of Getting Uncomfortable. Today, I want to break down the inspiration behind creating this podcast, what getting uncomfortable really means, and why it's imperative to retrieving the sense of peace and freedom you have quite possibly been missing. A naturally wired night owl since pretty much birth, most of my days gone by before this year didn't even begin until nearly lunchtime. My attitude toward waking up early amounted to a begrudging groan, and I'm ashamed to admit, sometimes whining. All of my children were great sleepers, rarely ever interrupting the 9, 10, and sometimes 11 hours of rest that I believed I required to function. Thinking back now, that may have been to avoid the disgusted frustration I sometimes reacted with, and that's admittedly a source of some slight mom guilt for me. This is one of the detrimental comfort zones I speak of waging war on friends. In the moment, it's easier to not peel ourselves off the couch complete a self-care routine, and snuggle into bed by 10 or 11 p.m. for a quality night's rest. In many cases, the standard night owl's activity levels are quite low while they're awake, neglecting the mind and body of the fatigue necessary to achieve good restful sleep, which then results in waking up feeling sluggish and unmotivated again, and the vicious cycle continues. Fast forward 38 years of operating on this general schedule in cue the global pandemic that emerged in March of 2020. For me, the very quiet, sometimes lonely following few months in the confines of my house was the best thing to happen at the perfect time. Being employed as primarily a server and bartender over the years supported my very late night sleep schedule, which I justified all the time, trust me. Now I want to clarify, this was a highly unfulfilling decade in my life, harboring anger and resentment toward transgressors, taking everything others did or said personally, and allowing paralyzing fear in all over the place. I soon became a seasoned professional at the fight, flight, or freeze trifecta. Something tells me that many of you can relate, and it is exhausting, which only enables passively procrastinating and lack of real effort most days even further. I seriously dislike referring to existing in this space as a comfort zone, because looking at the big picture, it's anything but comfortable. What it actually is, is dreadful, deceptive, pilfering, and tragic to our overall health and well-being. Each emerging generation is less concerned with making legitimate efforts and sacrifices, maintaining much of a work ethic, or getting uncomfortable than they are with being comfortable. Fear of the unknown has a real way of rooting us right where we are. Yet somehow we continue to miss the fact that avoiding the array of opportunities to live, love, learn, and experience that we are gifted each day we wake up is setting us up for more failure than taking the leap ever will. So back to the first isolation earlier this year. As the kids continued to grow up and away, I knew I was finally ready to commit to the career I had yet to establish. My goal then was to transition from part-time bartender to full-time insurance agent with Aflac. 
I completed the required licensing and training just in time for everything to shut down and hit a brick wall, but then was instantly blessed with an opportunity to promote Primerica's financial education services to families in need of such guidance. A cause I passionately supported and believed in. The gig went really well for about a month until the high energy and excitement of reaching goals coupled with the scripted sales pitchy methods being pushed started feeling more like anxiety inducing pressure to me. I quickly decided that I was going to need to get creative and forge a different path towards supporting, guiding, and encouraging folks toward an improved well-being. Rather than cold calling, monopolizing, and feeling like I was holding a gun to anyone's head, I needed a platform to reach the multitudes by. Then it started dawning on me that God has equipped me with so much more to offer than money organization techniques alone. Figuring out a way to get in front of the right crowds with my specific message was the new goal. Maybe some of you that have followed me for a while have noticed my various endeavors, but ultimately aren't quite sure what I'm actually doing now. More about that momentarily. Encapsulating my lifelong acquired experience, skills, wisdom, and knowledge into one position without possessing a college degree meant that becoming a certified master life coach was the best option I had. Although I'd basically been filling this role to friends, family, customers, and strangers for much of my life, I was well aware that building a legit practice around the concept and becoming an entrepreneur would take concentrated patience and effort. But again, I knew I was ready. A combination of trusting God is by my side and being deeply sick and tired of life circumstances as is. So I began spending the newfound free time I was awarded with reading, meditating, being outside, following and listening to other coaches, leadership and inspirational gurus. And then as sure as the sun rises in the east, I eventually became a woman I didn't even recognize anymore. The most significant shifts were made by reading Darren Hardy's game-changing book, The Compound Effect. The compound effect. I didn't say that right. The compound effect. His theory of having a sacred three hours each morning to ourselves before letting the outside world in really resonated with me, and I began setting my alarm for 5 a.m. Each new day, I woke with surprising ease, feeling alert, motivated, and focused, and I witnessed a whole new routine and lifestyle materialize. Almost effortlessly at that point, Within weeks, I was completing big, long overdue projects around the house and yard, tending to a small garden for the first time in my life, and taking walks that quickly turned into jogs, uncovering a runner in me that I'm still kind of shocked exists. The more I moved, the stronger the urge became to keep moving. Faster and further, I truly felt as if God was propelling me forward. How else was it possible that such an out of shape, lazy bones, almost middle ageish anyone could go for miles, barely losing breath and never getting sore? <laughs> it was, in fact, the perfect explanation for the massive shifts in every area of my life during that season. God was propelling me. Slowing down, focusing within, Remembering the big picture and surrendering the baggage I'd been dragging around for years made space for my Heavenly Father to enter the picture with His grace, peace, forgiveness, and miracles galore. 
turning my world upside down in all the best ways. Continuing to make gains and build momentum over the summer physically, spiritually, professionally, and emotionally, I was thrown an unexpected curveball in August and knocked off my game big time. Visiting the dermatologist for an increasingly suspicious mole I'd ignored for too many years revealed that I did indeed have skin cancer, melanoma. The biopsy of this now ridiculously large spot left a cratered hamburger wound just smaller than a quarter on my forearm. A bit of a traumatic experience, if I'm honest. Skin lesions of any sort are difficult for me to stomach, and I was a pretty big baby about the whole thing. I was still able to run, but limited on so many other day-to-day, especially warm weather, activities, and was becoming increasingly frustrated. Surgery to excise the area to the recommended safety margins was scheduled for the end of September, and I could not wait. Believing I'd much prefer an incision stitched closed to the gaping hole on my arm. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. Uh, Really wrong. Um, The chunk that they removed and the subsequent eight stitches to tightly cinch the area back together with was by far the longest, most invasive, painful, and difficult procedure that I have ever had to recover from. One week after the operation, the surgeon called personally to inform me that the margins were not acceptable and that they needed to take more of the area immediately. Fairly devastated at that prospect, I requested a referral to the melanoma specialist at U of M and proceeded to wait patiently while praying fervently for the next month. My hope was that even if they had to go back in, they'd find no cause to remove any more, declare me cancer-free, and send me on my way. As the appointment approached, I was feeling like myself again, picking up a few shifts at work and just generally able to function through the normal day-to-day without pain or restriction. There was no anxiety to speak of. I refused to let what-ifs worm into my brain. I continued to take care of myself the best I could and just knew that even if the diagnosis wasn't ideal, God would see me through this one way or another. Truthfully, my situation was far from the end of the world and I still had to consider myself blessed beyond measure. My faith was not gonna be shaken. So then the appointment day came, and despite my best efforts, the reality of the situation and a few small nerves started setting in. Once there, two specialists separately proceeded to walk me step by step through the thorough lab testing they repeatedly performed on the specimen and assured me in complete confidence that the area had been excised sufficiently and I most certainly was cancer-free. I probably had been since the biopsy. Talk about being beside myself grateful. I had no clue how it might be done, but I knew that my God had the power to make this fiasco I'd carelessly brought upon myself go away if he wanted. Faith as small as a mustard seed really can move mountains. As stoked as I was to put all that behind me and move on with clarity, I'd lost so much momentum. Physically, spiritually, professionally, and emotionally, Not quite back to square one, but enough to be ultra discouraged again. The seasons had now changed, I'd been mostly off work for a month, and was just getting back into that groove when COVID came back around and closed down Michigan again. 
Opening day of rifle season, both my taste and smell disappeared, and I knew the minor congestion and cough that I'd had for a few days were not symptoms of the seasonal sinus or allergy issues I believed them to be. The next three weeks, to be safe, were spent isolated at home again, and I found myself to be making excuses and allowing distractions in rather than building my momentum back up. I had the time, but not so much the gumption anymore. And then finally, earlier this week, as I was snuggling in to fall asleep and having a heart-to-heart with God, it became crystal clear to me that I fell head first and hard back into the comfort zone trap. I heard Tara, peeling out of your nice warm bed in the morning takes getting uncomfortable. Reaching folks in need of your message takes getting uncomfortable. Doing anything worthwhile and living up to your full capabilities takes getting uncomfortable. Staying comfortable is killing you. Well, at least it's killing my ambition and potential, but when you really break it down, each day gone without maximizing the two is a sad waste. The death of so much opportunity. So I woke up early the next morning and got busy building the vision and outlining a plan. The morning after that, yesterday, I designed, created, and launched this podcast. (laughs) Now, my motivation is officially back. My days are productive, I'm feeling like a million bucks, and I get to love and inspire others for a living. Isn't it extraordinary how terrible getting uncomfortable seems as we avoid it at all costs, but actually ends up opening doors we never imagined walking through and ceases to feel so uncomfortable once that momentum starts building? Temporary sacrifices, people. It's really all it takes to escape the lackluster monotony of our days. What is one habit of yours, if adjusted a bit right now, would, not could, ripple effect and change up life as you know it in a positive way? I invite you to share by clicking the attached link to submit a comment or a question. Depending on the content and with your permission, I may reference it in a future episode and drop a shout out. I want to thank you again for tuning in and hopefully following me for more content and maybe sharing the message with anyone you know who could stand to get uncomfortable with us. Until next time, friends.